New ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. This month, Wipols, the leading authority on Gen Z and millennial opinions and behaviors, has just released their latest trend report. And Mary Lee Bliss, Wipols' chief content officer, is here to discuss Gen Alpha, the generation rolling up right behind Gen Z. Mary Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Before we dive into Gen Alpha, can you give listeners a bit of context around Wipols, who you're serving, how many people, how old they are, where they are, and how often you're talking to them? Absolutely. Wipols is the lead syndicated platform devoted to Gen Z and millennials. We are constantly serving 13 to 39 year olds, both in the US and Canada, as well as in Western Europe. Our surveys are incredibly robust. So our behavioral and our trend surveys in North America are covering an audience of 1500. So a large base and really looking at small margins of error and real time time glimpses at how young people are behaving and the trends they're driving and how they're feeling about all of it. Fantastic. So first off, we often start our conversations with definitions. Gen Alpha, Mm. when were they born and how old does that make them right now? Yeah. So why pulses definition? And I'll say why pulses because you're going to see a lot of different generational definitions out there. But according to why pulses definition of the generation, Gen Alpha was beginning in 2020, is beginning in 2020. So that's the first year of their birth age. And that means that right now they are just zero to two years old. Okay. All right. I feel like I'm still wrapping my head around Gen Z. So do we really <laughs> need to already be thinking about Gen Alpha? A lot of people are. And again, I will say, you know, the variety of generational definitions that are out in the marketplace play a big role in this, Mm -hmm. you know, with Gen Z. There was a race to define this next generation, to talk about them. There was all of a sudden this huge wave of articles, move over millennials, Gen (laughs) Gen Z is here. And if you follow actual generational definitions, which are around 20 year spans, you know, people really jumped the gun on Gen Z. (laughs) Right, right. We understand that everyone has a different definition of the generations at this point. We've kept track and truly every client that we speak to has their own definition of Gen Z. So what we do is look at the data. We look at what the big shifts that these generations experienced in their childhoods are that could apply to say, you know, a large age span, Mm -hmm. because we know that there's a lot out there that says, says different, you know, some people are defining gen alpha as older and we get that. So we are starting to talk about the generation to look at them, but yes, they are incredibly young. Okay. That said, understanding the next generation, how they're being formed, what's influencing them, being prepared for them is key to the longevity and success of every brand. Mm -hmm. So 
it might seem like, look, we just started talking about Gen Z. Can I please catch up? And I get that. Really being prepared for the next generation is important. So just having an eye on them is is what we're starting to do. Well, yeah, two things come to mind. I think one of the reasons people were hopping excited to get a Gen Z defined was because millennials were such a large number of people. And there really did just seem to be a behavioral difference between older millennials and younger millennials, just generally because of how technology intersected their rise to adulthood, you know, where they were when they became native to to the new tech. So when we're thinking about generations influencing other generations, if we're talking about zero to two years old, who are their parents? Millennials. Millennials are currently Gen Alpha's biggest influence because millennials are the majority of parents right now in terms of who's having new children. (laughs) Okay. You know, in a lot of our conversations, we've been talking about delayed parenthood or even skipping parenthood, redefining families. And we just talked about how large millennials were. Will Gen Alpha be big, small? How, what are we projecting for the size of Gen Alpha? Yeah, it's a great question. So a lot of what we've seen with millennials, 45% of whom are parents. So they are having families. They've just done it on their own timeline, which, you know, as you said, we've covered, is delay not choosing not to have children. So usually what we see is that millennials want to have children, the majority of them, mm-hmm. but they are delaying that milestone, that decision, because usually financial strain, but also a more flexible culture. There's less pressure to have children young or less expectation. So more choice means, you know, you get to to have a little bit more say over when that happens. That is true. At the same time, when you do delay having children, it has an impact on how many you have. Right. So there is an increase of what is being called one and done families. Right. And that is financially motivated as well as physically motivated because when you are delaying parenthood, you know, the later you have children, the more difficult it literally physically is to have them. Right. Um, I mean, that's just a reality. That's I, just I a reality. It's something that I, a lot of times people like to be like, oh, I'm not bound by these things. There's tech, but there is a real biological limiter here. Those um, are science facts. Yes. <laughs> if this generation can't talk, how are you assessing the things we're discussing about them? How are you yeah. getting to it? So we speak to millennial parents in every single okay. one of our surveys. So, so you parse it out, you separate. We absolutely do. Okay. For all of our surveys, whether we're thinking about Gen Alpha specifically or not, you know, they're also the parents of young Gen Z. Right. Uh, so, you know, thinking about them as well, but also thinking about parents as millennial parents, specifically as an incredibly influential group of consumers who are changing the way they buy things for their families. They are the heads of households that brands need to be paying attention to, and they have a completely different set of values that they're bringing to that. So we look at millennial parents in all of our surveys and have a banner point for our pro subscribers, as well as filters on our data dashboards to allow them to look at this audience specifically. But we also ask millennial parents about how they are raising their kids, what their children are doing and their children's behavior. So millennial parents are really our gateway, our access to what Gen Alpha is doing because 
even if you are starting Gen Alpha at a different birth year than than Y Pulse, and you have them at an older they're age, still not, they're still, they're not still not. children, <laughs> right? And they're still, you know, very difficult, you know, to survey. Not many people are capable of doing that, right? What are some of the values and choices that people should know about? I mean, obviously, we've talked broadly about millennials and millennial choices, and I think it's interesting beyond how many are already parents, that stat that you shared, but that 35% of the parents are single parents. Correct. Yes. And that, and that, that is going to mean some differences, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. So millennials are making different choices when it comes to having, when they're having children, and that impacts the kinds of families that they're having. And they're also, you know, not necessarily waiting to have a partner or, you know, parenting without a partner if a relationship didn't work. The majority of millennials and Gen Z, but the majority of millennials tell us that you do not need to be married in order to have a family with someone, which leads to more single parents. And we definitely see over a third of millennial parents tell us that they are single. It's a significant number. Well, having children is hard. And yeah. I mean, just to sort of, again, we're just talking fact, 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 you know, little children don't care what's going on. They're very much in the present. They're very demanding. And a single parent is going to need some serious support either that they purchase or that they lean on because it just simply in order to earn money and have the child, they, they need that. Are you seeing any any trends about multi-generational ha- family units springing up as a result of this, where you have, you know, the millennials the, the grandparent of the Gen Alpha is there or or no? Are there any other familiar, you know, they're not being married. Are there any other familial structures or changes that are happening? We don't have this specifically for single parents, but we do have um, that 30% of millennial parents say that their family members watch their children during the weekdays, which is a solid number. There's a lot going on. You know, we are talking about a huge generation when we're talking about millennials. So what we're looking at is a diversification Mm. of how parenting is approached and what families look like. And a lot of parents either copy what their parents did or parent in reaction to it. Mm. Millennials were largely parented by baby boomers who Mm. didn't like the way they were raised, seen, not heard. And they've been called helicopter parents as a result and very much in their kids' business. Do we expect that that would continue or will we see a reaction to that? We've definitely seen and have been tracking for some time a reaction to the way that millennials were parented and a an attempt by millennials to correct in their minds right. <laughs> the, the, the mistakes that were made, if any. 77% of millennial parents agree, I am trying or will try to avoid being a helicopter parent. 63% say they have or will let their children play unsupervised. It's something they're trying. Now, listen, when it comes to helicopter parenting, I think it's really important to note that this has become this idea that children must be watched at all times, that they should not be independently playing, has become so ingrained in culture hmm. that it is a very difficult thing to reverse. Well, having your kid walk to school by themselves, you can get in trouble for it. In exactly. Some exactly. So, so how much independence? And then also, is this physical independence? Are they digitally independent? Does this generation feel fine about having them walk outside? But guess what? I've got a tracker on them and I'm monitoring all their apps and I'm linked to them on all the social things. I mean, how how 
what I don't, sphere yeah. is it happening in? I don't think there's a way to, within a generation, go back to the latchkey kids <laughs> that, that grew up with full independence. And do we want to go all the way back there? No, like, right. Do we want to be on that end of the extreme? Probably not. Mm. But I think that millennials are trying to give them their children more independence than they had, but absolutely leaning into tech that will allow them to know where their children are, even if they're not next to them. So, you know, I know just anecdotally talking to millennial parents that kids' smartwatches are not just being given to kids to entertain them. They are Mm. being given to kids so that the parents knows where they are so that they can communicate with their kid because there is a desire for independence with children. And millennials want to give that to their Gen Alpha and young Gen Z kids. Um, and so there's an attempt to, you know, kind of backtrack the intensity, the Velcro and the helicopter parents. Right. It's very difficult to reverse completely. And I think millennials are often using tech with their Gen Alpha kids to to create that longer apron string. <laughs> like bumpers, like yeah. bumpers or training wheels. On exactly. It. Which means when we think about Gen Alpha and the impact this has on them, that they are growing up with an idea of tech being a safety net right. always being connected to their parents in some way, even if it's not physical. Right. And I think that is a differentiator absolutely for this generation that will impact who they are and their relationship with their millennial parents as they grow up. Well, it's interesting. I had a conversation with a, I guess, a young millennial whose mom, maybe it was an old Gen Z, I don't know the, the exact, but she was saying how her mother has the tracking of her phone. And this mm-hmm. woman is in college. And I said, really? Because I wouldn't want my parents to be tracking me <laughs> when I was in college. I, And I really, I kept on, are you sure? You really like that? That doesn't bother you? And she mm-hmm. absolutely made her feel safer. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that just wasn't any, it wasn't available when I was that age and I wouldn't have wanted it. Yeah. So that's a real interesting and the trust, the trust in the tracking that that it's fine, that this is okay. What are some of the other things that some other differences that you're seeing? Yeah. When it comes to parenting trends, you know, millennials are absolutely starting their own. And again, you know, some reactionary, you know, what did I go through as a, a child that now looking back, I would like to do differently. Gentle parenting is a huge movement, really fueled on social media. And that's one thing about millennial parents that makes them different parents than previous generations is that a lot of the information that they're getting, their influences are happening on social media. The experts that they're looking to are on, you know, on Instagram, on TikTok. So, you know, people like Dr. Becky, (laughs) who has been called the millennial parenting whisperer, is a huge proponent of gentle parenting, which is the idea of having more communication with your child, being more balanced and mindful and not reactionary. So, you know, not reacting with yelling, but with gentle talking through the situation, not giving your child the fear that they're going to be punished, but that they can talk to you. It's also a lot about how the parent themselves react. So it's not just about the child. It's also about the parent and, you know, their own self-awareness. So how do they react to past situations? Do they get angry? Are they triggered? Do they kind of go straight into lashing out? And that's about, you know, kind of improving themselves, which of course to millennials, it's really appealing. Right. Healing trauma, 
you know, self-improvement as part of parenting, you know, there are absolutely critics of gentle parenting, which, you know, anytime that there's a different approach to something there's going to be, but approaching parenting with empathy and respect, respecting the child's point of view and trying to understand where they're coming from is something that is this movement, this gentle parenting movement that's been growing. I always find that really interesting as a parent, when I would get the books, I had a very rambunctious, precocious young child and, you know, one, two, three, and then they were supposed to stop it. And I would follow everything the book said And at, at three, when the child would then supposed to comply. My child would look at me and say, well, you can't really do anything to me. <laughs> and I was like, that's not in the book. You know? You're not so, supposed to say that. Supposed to say that. That's I, I am bereft. I'm left without tools here. So, I mean, it's every survey and every trend, it seems like social media has its part to play. And so it sounds like absolutely influencers are there on the social media. This is making a difference. And I was curious, you called out Instagram and TikTok. Are those the places that millennial parents are going? So if you're on Facebook, or are, I know we have high millennial usage of Facebook, which is unusual compared to, you know, Gen Z, but if they're going for parenting tips, it's Instagram and TikTok still? No, I would say Facebook is absolutely still a top influencer for millennial parents. So they are using Facebook more than any other platform still. Where that advice is coming from on these different platforms differs. I would say when you're thinking about Facebook, that advice is coming from group parenting groups, oh, which I see. many millennial parents say that they are a part of. So 20% say they joined a social media group devoted to parenting. That would happen uh, on Facebook, right? Right, 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 right. Uh, whereas parent bloggers, vloggers, those are more likely to be on Instagram, TikTok, right. 21% have followed a parent blogger or a vlogger on social media. Obviously, we talk about influencers. Are they likely to buy products because they've seen that? Is the influence on these things yes. similar? Is it is it more likely than buying other things? Like I'm more likely to buy the parenting product than I am the blue jeans, or is it I just buy things through social media influence? How- yeah, they absolutely are just buying things because <laughs> okay. they're influenced by social media. They are, you know, not just parents, they're humans. And so, so it hasn't they're... intensified around children. No, but did previous generations buy, purchase something after seeing it for their kids on social media? Nope. So there's a different different kind of impact mm. Mm. with 36% of millennial parents saying they purchased something for their kids after seeing it on social. That's huge. So, you know, where they're being influenced to buy things has shifted completely, but mm. also why, what they want things to look like on social media impacts what they're buying for their kids. So you mean you like know, aspirational living kind of stuff? A little bit. Yeah. So, you know, where their aesthetics are landing is that they want their kids things, their kids play things, their kids clothes to fit into the aesthetic they have in their home. So you have things like, you know, official sad beige, which is an an Instagram account that tracks all the beige and brown play things and clothing that kids are growing up with in a very funny way. I mean, because honestly, kids stuff, you've got like the exosaucer and it is just 
wow color and plastic. Yes. And millennials are buying really muted colors. And that's what Gen Alpha is growing up with. So while it's an aesthetic choice, when we mm. think about, you know, impact on Gen Alpha, there are critics of the, well, I'm this curious because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of stuff, the brightness, the high contrast certainly was about engaging the children visually and that these were stimulate, you know, this was all the research that went, why the. Yeah. And a lot parent. of millennial parents are like, I don't want to look at that. Okay. So <laughs> I also know, stimulation seven, be darned. Well, <laughs> you know, they're stimulated by a lot of things and you know, that they're still playing with this. And I just want to, I want to look at things that are, are good looking, but also 72% say it's important that the things they buy for their kids look good on social media. The majority. Interesting. Interesting. So that also speaks to how Gen Alpha is being raised in a culture where they are a part of social media from birth. Right. Are is Gen Alpha, I mean, obviously, you know, two years two years old, you're starting to hand raise about certain things. Are there influences there? Are they influencing purchasing yes. the kids themselves? Yes, absolutely. So yes, when we're talking about strictly our definition of Gen Alpha being right. zero to two, you know, not a zero year old is not going to be telling well, a two -year -old daddy what to do, to, but a two year old is right. Right. <laughs> Having recently had a two year old, I can tell you they are <laughs> they very are very vocal <laughs> about what they would like. So even you know very young children, and you know, is a zero year old going to say, "I want this"? No. Are is a one year old going to be so entranced by a television show that the parent will buy them any toy associated? Um, you know, with, associated right. absolutely. But when it comes to just strict requests, forty percent of millennial parents tell us that requests from their kids influence the products they buy for their children. And so, yes, they are listening to their children those direct requests when it comes to their purchases. So Gen Alpha, no, they are young. Do they have their own spending power? No, but they are already influencing their household purchases. Oh, interesting. Now, there's been a lot in the news recently about ChatGPT and various other AI generative tools they write and create. And it's likely to be very much present as these children become school age. So are millennial parents thinking about how to manage these things or is that not hit yet that they they just aren't that isn't on their horizon yet? It will hit. I mean, obviously, we talk about the tethers and letting things go and how much freedom they have in the physical world. But I'm wondering about these things, which this would be an example of something these parents didn't have. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it will be new. It won't have been part of their own childhood. Are they thinking about it yet? Yeah, it's a great question. We're going to absolutely have an AI-focused trend later on this year. And we'll be asking those questions of millennial parents about their Gen Alpha kids. I think Gen... Gen Z is going to be impacted first because they're in their childhood's teen years mm -hmm. and AI is actually something that they themselves are going to be probably adopting first or is impacting, you know, their education. Right. Because well, I think what's interesting is these tools are released without a lot of ethical, moral guidelines sure. hand in glove with them. And so I know UMass Amherst just recently asked all of the professors to say what their chat GPT position was. And mm -hmm. this is every individual professor, all of the lecture, they're all coming up with it on their own rather yeah. than having it be a consistent way. And so what does it mean? You know, what is creativity? What is authorship? What is ownership? And how does that relate to developing one's own sense of creativity? Okay. You're yeah. not helicopter parenting, but is the tech helicopter parenting? 
Hmm, it's interesting. I mean, when it comes to AI, absolutely wild west. Rules are being written as we go. Wipos predicted that AI would become Gen Z's norm this year. Between you know AI on social media and the ability to create that and. AI text、mm. that they have access to. It also, though, as I said, impacts their education because、right. if if you can write an essay in theory through AI, you know, do the tests that schools are giving need to change? We've already seen that、right. there's been talk about that.、Uh, right. I think Gen Z will be the ones who kind of weather the AI storm as it's being figured out. Much as millennials weathered the social media storm as that was being figured out, and then Gen Alpha will live when there's a little bit more settled in terms of what the actual impacts will be to careers, to education, and and to social media and marketing. Right. Well, it's interesting because it will be an experience, a tech experience that they didn't grow up with as parents. They were like, "Oh, my parents don't get it. They're so out of it." But they themselves, as parents, will not have lived through it, and so it will be. Yes, there might be rules that people are beginning to develop, but they won't have it from that nativist native place where they grew、mm -hmm. up in it, that they were in the swim of it. Yeah.、Um, are they concerned broadly about screen time? Is that a concern, or not so much? Yes, I mean, I don't think you can be a parent today without hearing over and over the implications of too much screen. And so, yes, the majority of parents tell us that they are worried about screen time.、Mm -hmm. At the same time, they live in the real world, <laughs> and、right. screens are literally everywhere in their house,、mm -hmm. and they also grew up with. Technology being their own escape helper, millennials are you know they're not tech averse. They are they embrace technology, and so they use their devices to entertain their kids. And they also are giving their kids their own tech devices. You know, forty one percent of millennial parents, the majority of whom have kids under nine years old,、mm. have given their kids their own tech devices.、Uh, sure. Tablet, smartphone are the top two. Right, of course,、yeah. of course. So, as we wrap up, if I'm a marketer, what are the most important things that I should take away about this new generation and their parents? Yeah. So, first of all, understanding that Gen Alpha is influencing their households. So, understanding how they're growing up is important to start learning now,、uh, because it's not just wait until they become your. Core demographic, it's you know they are going to be they are going to be influencing older generations as they go.、Right. Understanding that Gen Alpha, as with every generation, is growing up in a unique set of circumstances. They are the first post-pandemic generation. They are living truly in a different world than Gen Z grew up in, than Millennials grew up in,、mm -hmm. and this will impact their outlook. This will impact who they are and how they approach brands and what they want out of products. And then, of course, understanding that millennial parents, you know, are currently the gateway to Gen Alpha, Alpha in so many ways. They are making the decisions. They're the ones who are handing over the tech. They are deciding what Gen Alpha. Watches what they have access to, what products are in their lives. So, truly, if you want to influence Gen Alpha or get an understanding of them, millennial parents are the route. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. It's been really great going through the, all this information. Thank you.
We've reached the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Naughton, the voice artist who recorded our open. Of course, all of you, the members of our audience, thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next.